Ole, 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 ole. Manchester United are top of the table. Hello and welcome to Red Couch Manx. I'm Vivek Jacob, joined by Carl Mascarenas. We are breaking down Manchester United's 1-0 win over Burnley. First time top of the table this late into the season since the Sir Alex Ferguson days. And now we've got a derby to look forward to against Liverpool. Carl, how are you feeling? Absolutely pumped, Vivek. And, you know, your rendition right there was just the icing on the cake. Uh, <laughs> definitely have that voice for radio. <laughs> hey, man. All those people who were saying ole out, ole out, ole out. Where are they at now? Fantastic result. United, that was a grinding, gritty performance from them. So happy for the boys. Uh, Pogba also put in a shift. And you know what? He just showed once again what he's capable of. He seems to just be scoring the spectacular goals of late. It's crazy, man. If someone would have told me that going into match week 18, United would be top of the table going into this match against Liverpool, I would have said you're nuts. I would have said no chance. And then you look at the start... United had to the season, losing to Crystal Palace, getting embarrassed by Tottenham. How far this team has come. It's insane. And for Paul Pogba, like you said, of all people to be the one that scores the goal here in January with the window wide open. (laughs) But you saw the passion. You saw the desire, the way he celebrated the goal, the way he celebrated even at the end when it looked like United had pretty much wrapped up the three points. You see that he's committed. You see that everyone seems to have their eyes on the prize, on doing whatever they can to help this club win. They clearly believe this is exactly the type of performance that legitimate league contenders deliver. Away to Burnley, 1-0, you stick it out, you get through thick and thin. There were some tough moments. You had the VAR situation with Luke Shaw and then with Brady then you had the disallowed goal for Maguire nothing but credit to the players on the pitch the manager especially the way they came out in that second half maybe in years past we would have seen a United team that was deflated by what happened in the first half but they came out saying hey we have three points to get here and the way they pushed Burnley on the back foot Those opening 15 minutes and the way they took control of that match, I was like, there's clearly only one team that's winning it. It's just a question of whether United can get that goal. Absolutely. I thought their their spirit, their belief, like you mentioned. Question for you, Vivek. What do you think is the, the reason for this turnaround in form? Do you think it was something that was just bubbling under the surface and just needed time to really mature? Or do you think there was something that kind of galvanized this team from just three months ago to now? I think it's something that's been bubbling because if you remember a while back when United weren't necessarily getting the results, Harry Maguire had come out and said, we know all the noise that's around us, but trust me, everything that's happening inside, everything that happens in the dressing room, in the locker room, everything that happens within the team is good. We know we're heading in the right direction. And so that belief that they've had, that they are doing the right things, even though the results weren't coming, 
was when I felt like, okay, they're in a good place here. Obviously, there were wild swings in the performances early on in the season, but they've stuck with it. Ole seems to have found his preferred 11. Obviously, you've had players like Cavani who have been inspirational. Uh, Bruno has been there all season. Pogba is looking in the mood every match now. And that backline is looking a lot more secure. De Gea didn't really have too much to do today. And Maguire and Bailly looking solid. I think everything is sort of coming together at the right time. You can argue, again, you know, depth could potentially be an issue later. But to navigate through this entire phase and trust the rotation, you can see it's paying dividends now. You hit the nail on the head. You took the words out of my mouth, Vivek. I was just about to comment on that squad rotation and how the players are looking fresh. And that has everything to do with the squad depth. So, you know what, we've, we have criticized upper management a fair bit in terms of the transfers in the market. Now, I was thinking about two transfers that have, have really galvanized the side. And we might sound like a broken record, but we talked about competition for places. You talk about Alex Tellez, you talk about Cavani. Great depth in the squad, not always starting, but offering that competitive edge within the training regimes, but also... It adds to that rotation. Can you imagine if there was no Tellers and there's no Cavani going through that Boxing Day period where they were playing every three days? This squad, like Luke Shaw, for example, we've seen what he's all about at Manchester United. He plays three or four games, then he's out injured, right? Constantly. Eric Bailly, same story. Now with these players having that break, even if it's one game, even if it's 45 minutes, massive difference to what can happen. This Burnley game, was a tough, tough game. You had these big boys. Sorry, just quickly before you get into the actual match, I just want to add with Luke Shaw too, it wasn't that he would get injured. It was when he would come back because he was still clearly the best left back option. He would come back out of shape and he would work his way back into fitness. He doesn't have room to do that anymore. You come back, you come back ready. Yeah, otherwise there's somebody else waiting for you on the bench and it's not... uh... You know, a young 19-year-old kid named Brandon Williams, it's a seasoned veteran in Alex Tellis, right? Who's capable of taking your spot if you don't watch out. So absolutely. So to talk about, you know, a little bit more about the Burnley game. This was Mm -hmm. a very difficult game. This was, you're playing against, let's be honest, we're playing against a long ball team that has a lot of big boys in the team. They've got their two old-fashioned center forwards in uh, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes who will come and bang into you and do whatever it takes to win those balls in the air, right? And if you don't have the appetite, you're going to come off second best. And when you have heavy legs, that's something where you could have been there for the taking. This just re-emphasizes that point on having the freshness due to a squad rotation and having that depth. So, you know what? This could have easily been a very different result. If the, if the boys didn't have both the physical and mental focus to get the job done. And so I think that's what I'm more proud of than anything else. This wasn't the you know most watchable game, but United wanted that win. You talked about how they could have come out flat. That wasn't the case. I thought their best play came at the start of that second half for about 15, 20 minutes where they were just going for it. They were getting in behind that Burnley line. And then finally, they were able to crack it. They had a couple of chances. 
some half chances, players getting in each other's way. They didn't let that stop them, though. They just kept going. And what was even more impressive was that Bruno Fernandes did not have a good game and United won despite that. And they could have even settled for a point at one stage, right? Because they still go top of the table. So it shows that they're thinking big picture, that the one point is not good enough. We won't accept that result. And as you mentioned with Bruno struggling to deliver that goal, Pogba, what a volley. I mean, obviously it takes a deflection and you get some luck. As you said many times on this podcast, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> I've, there's a couple of, there's actually quite a few talking points in this game. Why don't we start off with the, the first one, which is that whole sequence of events that led to a very long VAR review. You had Luke Shaw winning the ball, following through on Goodmanson, and that then led to a counterattack where Bruno Fernandes was able to spring Ed- Edinson Cavani, who uh, pulled a nice move on Robbie Brady and was through and got tackled in the process. Now, there were two reviews going on simultaneously. One was, was this a red card on Robbie Brady because he was shown the yellow card? And the second was, was the Luke Shaw tackle actually a foul before any of this had begun? And the end verdict was, it was actually a foul from Luke Shaw. So the play was brought back, rescinding Robbie Brady's yellow card in the process, and Burnley getting a free kick on the edge of our box. So what were your thoughts on that whole sequence of events? And do you think the right decision was made? I do think the right decision was made. When Lusha went in for that tackle, I remember I actually was a bit nervous thinking it was going to get called for a foul right away. And I was surprised that it wasn't because you could clearly see that his studs were up. You could see he definitely got the ball. But in today's game, they call that every time or at least pretty consistently. So I was surprised that he got away with it. And then Bruno's ball, he got a bit lucky too with the way it went over the defender's head and into Cavani's path where it looked like he was going to be through on goal until Brady's foul. So forget about the Cavani play when they've assessed that the Luke Shaw foul has happened first. In my opinion, they've done the right thing. Unless something something dangerous actually happens on the other end. And I'm thinking back to what Pickford did to Virgil van Dijk. Unless something that bad happens where it's just a terrible challenge and you have to punish it, I'm fine with what's happened there. And Luke Shaw, yeah, I fully accept he got the ball, but you can't go up with your studs in uh, like that. Could have done serious damage if he makes contact. That's the one thing I will say. Good Goodmanson definitely made the most of it. There wasn't much contact for sure, but it's still a dangerous tackle. Do you think it should have been a red card? I think he gets lucky because there's, there's really no contact. I mean, he did catch him pretty good. I think the replay made it look much worse. Especially when you freeze frame it on that one shot, I think it looks much, much worse. When when you look at the motion replay, I didn't think it was that bad. Goodmanson, I'm sure, will disagree. I would not have given it a red. I probably would have given it a yellow. You know, it wasn't like Lucia had any previous offense in the match. And so I probably would have given it a yellow. And I thought, again, the right decision was made. What did you think? I thought it was... Uh... The right decision as well, just because in today's game, you you cannot do that where you have that kind of follow through. I also think that he had eyes for the ball and he did not want to leave his studs on him because... That's a big point. 
if if he did want to leave his studs on him, he would have had a lot more contact, and uh, Goodmanson wouldn't be getting up that easily. Let's let's call a spade a spade if you want to say there was intent because there wasn't. And then I think what happened after the fact happened, and I think the referees have to definitely stay on top of it because there was such a long period of time between the initial foul and then the secondary foul from Robert Brady. They, th- that's like tricky ground because. You know, we're talking about now, is this a serious fall if it wasn't? What happened if Edinson Cavani got hurt or injured in that Robbie Brady tackle? Are they going to keep the yellow card? Are they going to rescind it, right? So I think uh, VAR has some some work to do there on how they're going to define that. It's not going to be easy to define. Ultimately, to answer your question, right decision was made. I do not think it was a red card because there was no intent from Luke Shaw. And even if he was clumsy, because you can get red cards for being clumsy as well, I don't think it was to the extent where it deserved a red card. 36th minute, United have a corner. And I thought this was an interesting strategic move that they made in this match where they took short corner after short corner and then crossed it into the far post where Harry Maguire was consistently waiting. On this occasion, Luke Shaw delivers the cross. Harry Maguire pulls off an incredible header. I mean, first of all, he's covering ground to get to the cross. He rises up over the defender, heads it all the way across into the far post, into the far corner. I'm thinking this is a brilliant goal. We've been talking about Harry Maguire's finishing on set pieces with his head and how that's been lacking and how that needs to improve. And a header like that is exactly what you want to see. Somehow they call it off. I could not understand this call to save my life. This was a completely bogus call in my opinion this was a player just clearly out jumping an opponent all peters had done in that situation was stand in his position and it wasn't i I don't care what the commentator says mcguire didn't climb him he might have hit him on the way back down because they were in the same space but at no point did mcguire actually climb him to get the ball I don't even think Maguire needed to climb him. He had a running start where he could see this coming from a mile away. So he had a good five-yard burst. So he already had momentum, was jumping up. I mean, you don't jump up with your hands behind your back. Nobody ever does that. And I think you mentioned this. You make a good point. The way he jumps up was with his forearm. If he was looking to gain any leverage, he would have his hands on uh, Eric Peters' back. That wasn't the case. His hands were not on his back. It was his forearm. You know, the commentators mentioned that he made contact. The last time I checked, this is a contact sport. Uh, (laughs) You know what? There have been multiple headers. You know, one header that comes to mind was Cristiano Ronaldo's header where he completely uh, jumped way above his opponent and put it into the back of the net. He made contact with the defender. The defender was nowhere close to him and he jumped almost over him, but hitting him in the process. Are they going to call that goal off? I mean, he only has eyes for the ball and he wasn't bulldozing over the defender, in my thoughts. Having said that, I can see how it's been interpreted both ways, but I think it was a very harsh call on Maguire because there were several incidents that occurred outside the box where Burnley were playing long balls and it was Ashley Barnes or Chris Wood winning headers where there was definitely climbing and contact involved with, I remember one incident with Paul Pogba where he went to the ground and you know, Kevin Friend said this wasn't a foul, carry on playing. So now you need to be consistent both ways because then Burnley should have been called for a foul every single time they jumped up for a header. No question. I saw a Peter Crouch tweet saying, if these were getting called back in my day, I wouldn't have a career. 
it's crazy. I think this is where you see calls like this and you say the game's gone. Like if that is actually going to be called off, something is wrong. Something is upsettingly wrong. Like it's so frustrating to see a goal like that disallowed. That's you're just killing the game. You're killing you're flat out killing the game. And they need to review that. They need to make it clear that something like that should never be called off. That's a player just clearly getting to the ball first and showing desire for the ball. I want to point out, you know, for all those for all those non-United fans who always say that United always get the rub of the green, they always get the luck. Remember incidents like these, right? Where, you know, it, the call went against United. It's uh, <laughs> important to keep a unbiased perspective sometimes. Now, talk about rub of the green having some luck go your way. Marshall just can't get anything going in front of the net. Outside of his vintage shot where he curled one that looked like it was destined for the far corner, but Nick Pope pulled off an incredible save. His finishing just leaves so much to be desired right now. There was that one that he got in the first half, even before the Luke Shaw incident. He gets it on his left and you think he's going to go one-on-one and, and try and make something happen. He tries to curl it around with his left and that was that was a pretty terrible attempt and yeah nothing got, nothing was going for him on this one uh, which has been the theme this season Carl yeah he actually had uh, a nice bicycle kick as well that got uh, blocked by the defenders as well that looked like it was it was pretty close so he's definitely not getting any rub of the green because later on in the game when he was one on one with Nick Pope he just hit it straight at him not showing the usual composure that we know he's capable of. So Again, you can just see the lack of confidence, right, in those situations. It, his body was leaning one way and he's trying to shoot it. He, did, he was just never in the right position to really crack that volley. So who do you think was our Cantona caller today? This being United's first away clean sheet, you know, we've gotten so used to watching them make these comeback wins and conceding first and finding a way back into the match. I lean towards someone from the back line. Obviously, De Gea didn't have to do much, as we said, so I wouldn't think of him. De Gea's distribution was fantastic today, by the way. That is something we definitely need to talk about because it was. You know, I feel like if Maguire, he, he has that goal to his name, it becomes a pretty easy choice. Even on an attacking front, you look at the options. Cavani didn't have a great game. Rashford was below par. Bruno, I thought, was below par. I think I'm going to go with Paul Pogba. I think he was someone who was really up for it. I thought he was great throughout the match. Even those moments where sometimes you worry about him trying to shield it too much and hold on to the ball too long, those turned into great driving runs. Yeah, I think I am going to go with uh, Paul Pogba as my candidate. How about you? Paul Pogba was my... uh, For me, it was a choice between Paul Pogba and Harry Maguire. But I just thought that Pogba raised his game. This wasn't an easy game, especially with Burnley's physicality. But Paul showed how physical he can be if he wants to be. You saw that big Mm -hmm. gash on his knee towards the end of the game. Didn't affect him. He was just absolutely, you know, plugged into this game and was charged up when we won that final ball to win the game, right? And so I think I just love seeing that passion and... You know what? I just hope we see it more often. So Paul Pogba, uh, unanimous choice. No debates there, Vivek, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) 
Who are you giving the Beckham boot to? The Beckham boot is is really hard. I I was thinking long and hard about this because there were some players who had average performances. Hey, you know, I'm going to throw a wild card out there. We could uh, give it to Liverpool since we kicked them off the top of the table. Hey, I, anytime we, we want to give the boot to Liverpool, I'm I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fitting. We got to enjoy these moments while we can, Carl. Yeah, they've been few and far between since 2013. <laughs> so that settles that. Uh, who would be your noisy neighbor? So my noisy neighbor is a choice between Tarkovsky or Ben Mee. They were fantastic at the back. So uh, yeah, I, I'm leaning towards giving it to Tarkovsky because he had some fantastic interceptions. There was one where Martial was actually through. He had some, a great touch, pulled the trigger, and Tarkovsky blocked it. I think that shot was going in. So I think that's what sealed it for me to give it to, to Tarkovsky at the end of the day. Yeah, that's fair. I have no arguments. Tarkovsky, I mean, he could have even tied the match. He had that great chance in the final 10 minutes. Yeah, I was just slightly behind him, I think, and he didn't make contact as as well as he would have liked to. But you're right. Yeah, so no complaints there. Tarkovsky gets the noisy neighbor. Not much else to talk about uh, for this match, but you know, let's quickly go to De Gea's ball distribution because that really was fantastic right from minute one. And you think about even that one chance that United created where he throws the ball long to Paul Pogba, who then goes to Bruno, and then Marshall is the one who ends up having the chance, right? Yeah, and, and not to forget, Paul Pogba took that throw from De Gea and went through three Burnley players. That was some serious skill there. I don't know how he was able to pull that off. It was all about body positioning. I know I give him a hard time for shielding the ball, but boy, did he do it properly this time. So De Gea, again, just continuing to level up. I've taken back my comments from before saying that he is back to being peak De Gea. But would you say that De Gea at this level is at least, you know, back to being a world-class keeper? Yeah, I would say he's he's back to being a world-class keeper. He's doing what he needs to do at the moment to help to help us win. Now, I think we can get to the match we're all looking forward to. Next Sunday, United, Liverpool, one versus two. As we said, who would have thought? Who would have thought we'd be here right now? But that is the situation. Liverpool obviously missing Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomes, Joel Matip. Their backline has suffered, and so perhaps their results aren't as incredible as they were last season. How do you see this match? This is a very intriguing affair. We're playing at Anfield. I feel like we might have to take a page out of our former manager's playbook, Jose Mourinho, where we need to not lose at all costs. Now, I think this fixture plays into United's hands because Liverpool are going to be on the front foot, which means that we're going to counterattack. Klopp knows that. He's going to make sure his team is set up for that. So we know what their fullbacks are all about. They love to attack going forward. And Ole is going to be worried about that. And he needs to make sure his wingers protect his fullbacks. Usually when that happens, Ole tends to pick some of the same players. Daniel James being one person. 
And then on the other wing, Rashford does do a job. I won't be surprised to see a Daniel James in this team. However, I do think that Ole needs to show some intent and send a message to the rest of the league that this isn't some lucky run playing, you know, mid-table teams. If you can do this against a Liverpool, that's really sending a message. So what does this all mean? Well, I was trying to think about what our starting lineup would look like. I think the backline is pretty much decided upon this point. I think it's going to be the same backline that we saw today. It's going to be Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Bailly, Maguire, Shaw with De Gea in, the back, in, in net. You're going to have Fred and Scott. I think they're going to play in that pivot. After Pogba's performance today, I don't know how you leave him out of this team. Does that mean you then go Bruno at the number 10, you got Rashford on the right, Pogba on the left, and Cavani up top? So it might be easier to plan what United's 11 should be looking at Liverpool's plans. Obviously, we know Klopp's 4-3-3 formation. They will stick with that. Allison will be in goal. You'll have Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right. You'll have Robertson on the left. You'll have, I will guess, Henderson alongside Fabinho as the central defenders. The three midfielders, Thiago will probably play centrally. Wijnaldum on the left. And it comes down to Jones versus Oxlade-Chamberlain on the right. I think they will go with Ox and prefer some experience in this match and speed. And then, of course, we know the front three will be the front three. Mane, Firmino, Salah. Yeah, so having said that, you're definitely going to have Scott and Fred who have to play to manage those front three as well as the Thiago's coming in. It means that, you know what, if you're playing Pogba on the left, he's going to have to do a job because he's going to be tracking Trent coming all the way back. Pogba did that recently where he did play and he was asked to play that role and he did it really well. It was against Aston Villa who similarly had an attacking fullback in Matty Cash. And he definitely passed that test with flying colors. So I think Pogba is going to play on the left. And you're going to have Marcus Rashford playing on the right, who we know can pull in a shift uh, if asked to do so on the defensive end. So we've got the fullbacks protected. That leaves Bruno in the middle. And then you've got the back four with Juan Bissaka by Maguire and Shaw. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think the only one we got wrong for this match against Burnley was I had Fred alongside Pogba and obviously it ended up being Matic. Yeah, that was the only one you got wrong. And then I think I had Scott and Fred playing. I did not have Pogba, so I got those two wrong. But everything else was was spot on otherwise. Anything else you want to touch on for the Liverpool match or going ahead? I'm really excited. I can't wait. And the one thing I want to say is even if the result does not come in our favor hey, we're still three points ahead. And so the least that can happen is we go level on points with Liverpool. Yeah, and for me, the one thing I'll say is just enjoy the moment. And it's been a long time to even just get to this point. Obviously, the goal is to not just have this be the celebration, to be celebrating after 38 match weeks and celebrating the Premier League title. But it's been a journey to get to this point. And I think I just want to give a big time shout out to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he has dealt with the criticism which has been extremely intense at times things have looked very rocky at times but he is clearly taking this club in the right direction there is stability there is consistency in the performances there is belief there is chemistry there is clear commitment 
from the players to the manager. And all of those things in combination is why United are where they are in the table right now. I think if there's one thing that I, I want to just take back what I said earlier, I think United have to go for the win. As soon as they think about not losing, I think that's when you enter dangerous territory from a mentality standpoint. So I correct what I said. I think United have to go in with that mentality that they want to take three points. And then come what may. Yeah, that's fair enough. And frankly, if they do take that approach, it will also show how far they've come. Because if you remember in that Tottenham fixture, there were some rumors about Bruno's frustration over Ole kind of wanting to shut up shop. Obviously, he subbed him off and was basically trying to do damage control in terms of goal difference. But if United come with that intensity and, and say, hey, we're going to get a result here. Obviously, that situation was different because United had taken a red card for Marshall and were trying to survive. But to go up against the defending champions and say, hey, we're going to come right at you, sort of like they did in that PSG match at home, the intent will go a long way in determining how United do this season, I think. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. A reminder, we are on Twitter and Instagram at RedCouchManx. If you enjoy the show, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button and join us after every match. Reviews, ratings, getting in touch with us on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever. We love it all. So go ahead and do that. On behalf of Carl and myself, thank you for listening to Red Couch Manx.